Normally, when we think about not working on Shabbat, we think about just that, not working, not doing actual labor. However, the verse in this week's Torah portion, in the Ten Commandments, says, Shabbos l'Hashem elokecha. We should keep Shabbos for Hashem your God. And the Yerushalmi, the Jerusalem Talmud, derives from here that you should rest just as God does, just as God rested, even from speech, so too we should rest even from speech. In other words, although the biblical commandment is only that you're not allowed to do actual labor, there is a rabbinic injunction to avoid even talking about work so that we should be completely restful just as God rested from the six days of creation from his work of speaking the world into being. Then the Jerusalem Talmud goes on to say, there was a story about one chassid, one righteous man, who went out for a walk in his vineyard on Shabbat. And over there he saw a hole in the fence. And he thought to himself, after Shabbat, I've got to fix this. I've got to board this up. Then he told himself, since I thought about boarding it up on Shabbat, I'm never going to board this hole up. In other words, there's a midas chasidus, going beyond the letter of the law, to try to be careful, not only from working on Shabbat, not only from talking about work, but even from thinking about work. This relates still to the first premise, that just as God rested completely in every aspect from his work on Shabbos, we are also being enjoined to do so. However, the Rebbe asks if that's the case. Since the essence of not working on Shabbat is that we shouldn't be doing anything on Shabbos, thought, speech, and action, just as God didn't, why is there this difference in their degree of prohibition? Why is it that actual labor is forbidden biblically, speech is only forbidden rabbinically, and the care not to even think about work on Shabbat is only beyond the letter of the law, isn't even a requirement? In order to explain this, the Rebbe goes into a deep analysis of the different levels of speech, whether of, of speech, whether speech is considered an action, an action or speech isn't, in different places where it talks about this uh, the degree of to which we consider speech to be work. Um, for instance. At the end, the very close of Tanya talks about not speaking anything um, unnecessary during, uh, during Shabbat at all. Why? So Tanya explains, because in every mitzvah, there's the internal aspect and the external aspect. The external aspect of Shabbat is stopping from actual physical labor, just as God stopped actually making the world. The inner dimension of Shabbat is to have the proper intent when we're saying our prayers, studying Torah. In other words, to connect to Hashem and to make the Shabbos a special Shabbos for Hashem. That's how we actually properly fulfill remembering the Shabbat day. How do we properly fill, fulfill guarding the Shabbat day? Stopping ourselves from even speech, even talking about work, just as God stops himself from talking about work. But again, there's a long analysis. We won't be able to cover all of it in the synopsis, but uh, it goes back and forth as to exactly the degree to which speech is considered labor. And he comes to the following conclusion. <clears throat> he says that there's actually three different levels of work on Shabbos. And there's a reason for the differences between them. 
The reason why we need to not work on Shabbos, it says clearly in the verse, Kisheshes Yamim Asa Hashem, for in six days God created the world. In other words, action, actually doing something that's biblically prohibited, that's, that would be the most synonymous with God's work, and therefore that is completely forbidden on Shabbat, whereas thought and speech aren't, aren't considered actual labor. But nonetheless, there's a comparison between our speech and God's speech. In other words, even though God's speech was actual action, it created the world, our speech doesn't do that, and therefore it's not prohibited, only our action makes a real impact, a direct impact in the world. Nonetheless, our speech is similar in some ways to God's speech. It has a certain creative aspect to it, and therefore the, the rabbis extended the prohibition to include it as well. How is it similar? From the fact that when we say things, we also are, on some level, creating a reality. In other words, the essence of speech, it's already an expression of something, something to the outside world. It's no longer internal. Thought is internal. It only affects me. Speech is already revealing my thought process, what's going on inside to the world, and then it becomes a reality on some level. And therefore, since it becomes a reality, and it has the capacity to actually have an effect, to have a real impact in the real world, in the outside world, so therefore the sages prohibited it because it's similar to action. Thought, on the other hand, isn't similar to God's thought at all. And therefore, even rabbinically, there's no reason to prohibit it. Because when I think, that has no ability to impact the world at all. A chassid, one who goes beyond the letter of the law, is connected to God on every level. He tries to be careful to avoid even thinking about work. Because since God didn't think about work either, so even though our thought can't be compared to his thought, because our thought doesn't have an impact on the real world, nonetheless, out of a desire to connect to God's ways, out of a desire to connect to Hashem's character traits, we... Uh, we, we are enjoined, a chassid, one who goes beyond the letter of the law, is enjoined to attempt to avoid thinking about work as well. And based on that, the Rebbe explains that we find the same, the same idea in, uh, in, in a spiritual sense, in the language of chassidus. Our sages tell us that the words of the, of the rabbis, of rabbinical injunctions, are even more dear than the words of Torah. Why? Because the words of Torah are what we're required to fulfill. And therefore, when a person fulfills the mitzvot, he's just showing that he's willing to connect to God to do what is required of him. When a person is even more connected to God, though, through the rabbinic decrees, what is he showing? I'm not satisfied just with what the Torah forbade, just with what the Torah explicitly said I'm prohibited to do, but I'm willing to go a step further and avoid any chance of coming to, to any situation that will take me into doing opposite Hashem's will. In other words, that shows that he's connected to fulfilling the mitzvahs in it with a deeper will and pleasure, and his connection to God is even deeper. Nonetheless, on that level, a person is still in existence. He wants to connect to God. 
Higher even than that is the level of chassid. The one who is going above and beyond the letter of the law. Because what does he care about? He cares only about what Hashem wants. He's not in existence for himself at all. All he cares about is mischassid im kono, to cause pleasure, to cause satisfaction to his creator. And these three levels are expressed in the three degrees of revelation from above to below. When God thinks, as it were, that's a level where there's no room for any other outside existence. And that's the source of the, of the hidden worlds that are completely and totally aware and nullified to their original source. The level of speech allows for a world that feels itself to be in its own existence, but the manner in which it happens is that the speech has to come down to become, to change, to become an action, to become a reality. Speech on its own, even though there's already an expression to the outside, but it's still only a revelation of its source, of the one who's speaking. And therefore, it wouldn't create a completely separate or world that imagines itself to be completely separate. In order to do that, it has to come down to action. And then there's action, which is the complete ex external manifestation of the divine, in other words, something that becomes seemingly completely separate and therefore is completely enclosed within the world. That's the reason for the three different laws in resting on Shabbat. When a person is connected to godliness because of or only on the level of fulfilling the mitzvot, only in action, that's an external bond, then he feels only the external aspect of godliness. Therefore, he focuses only on resting as God rested from action, from actual behavior. And that's why biblically, we're only prohibited to actually do work. When a person is deeper, has a deeper connection to godliness, as is expressed in the rabbinic decrees, that means that there's shining for him this, he relates to godliness in a more revealed sense. He's connected with the power of speech above. Therefore, he feels how even, he feels and he relates to even God's resting from the level of speech. And a chassid, one who isn't in existence for himself at all, he reaches a level of God's thought, as it were. In other words, the idea that there's only godliness, there's no room for any other entity, and therefore he's careful even to think about work because of his connection to godliness. He feels how God rests even on the level of machshava, even on the level of thoughts.